are there times or are there people for which this healing journey or therapy just won't work? It's a question, really, of fear that comes up a lot for survivors of childhood trauma. So let's talk about it. Welcome to the Courageous Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Peggy Oliveira, former trauma therapist and survivor of childhood trauma. I am so glad you're here. Grab your favorite beverage, get settled in, and let's take this journey together. So it really is, I think, a fear that a lot of people have. Can you relate? Have you wondered whether you're at the very beginning or maybe you've been on this journey a while? Have you doubted your ability to heal? Have you identified the things or the reasons why you believe that you're not capable or maybe undeserving of healing? This can be a pretty big block for quite a few people. And I think it is important to talk about, in part because I think there are a couple of scenarios in which healing can certainly happen, but it can also create more challenges for this journey. And and I want to be able to talk about that because I think it's important to recognize. So first, I want to say that if you are watching this video, I do believe with support, with time and patience and practice, you can heal. I think it's also important to recognize what does healing mean? What does it mean to you? What does it mean, generally speaking? And ultimately, what it means to you is most important because the pressure, the expectations, the doubts, the fears, potentially even the shame, comes from the expectations that you are putting on yourself around this healing journey. So recognizing that healing is not a linear process and it is not a final destination is really important. And I have talked about this before, probably many times. So recognizing that I think is important because when you're doubting your ability, it's likely that you have an expectation that you shouldn't struggle as much, that you should be further along, and it's the fact that you're not is evidence that you're not capable. You compare yourself to other people, the idea that you're comparing to other people with just what you see without really knowing what's happening for them. But in your mind, when you make that comparison, you're thinking, oh, they're doing so well, and here I am struggling. Though if other people, maybe even those same people were looking at you, they might compare in the same way. So that really is important to think about. Just when you think that you're not healing, what are your expectations? What are the comparisons that you're making? And there's a good chance that you're really being unfair to yourself. So the other thing that is really important to keep in mind is that because healing is not linear and there are many factors that go in, into how you're able to kind of move through the process, you can't those expectations, you cannot put on yourself that you think that by a certain time you should be in a certain place. 
or because you've got certain things in place or have been able to do certain things, that that means that you should be further along or at a specific place on this journey. Because it's setting yourself up to feel like you're failing most of the time. So some of those factors, or I think one of the most significant factors really, is what is your life like right now? Really kind of let yourself think about that. Because the stress level that you have in your life impacts your capacity, your current capacity, your present capacity for what you have available to you in terms of internal resources and external resources. But when you're in an environment that is kind of chaotic, dysfunctional, unhealthy, when you're stressed all the time, even if there's a lot going on with you, like physically or medically, that's going to take up a lot of your capacity so that you don't have a lot left over, if anything, for actual healing. So often when I am working with people, the beginning part of our healing, and when I say the beginning, it could be a month, it could be a year, it could be longer, depending on all kinds of things. So much of that is about building the foundation, building stability, allowing yourself to really feel a sense of kind of safety and comfort so that you can get into the deeper work of healing the trauma. Because in the beginning stages, again, that could look a lot different, that time frame, what you're working on is really just building that sense of safety and a little bit more ease and spaciousness in your life so that you can continue to do the deeper work and move up that mountain. Because in the beginning, a way to think about it is you're just trying to gather all your resources. You're just trying to learn. You're trying to recognize what you need um, and accumulate the things that you need. Recognize what you can leave behind. So that can be sometimes the primary work that you're doing in the beginning. But so often people jump into this healing process, oftentimes after a long time thinking about it, feeling ready to go and wanting to jump just all in. And when they recognize that maybe some new things are coming up or maybe some old things, but they recognize that maybe they're struggling a little bit more, that they're feeling overwhelmed, that they're doing all the things they think they're supposed to do, but yet they're not seeing the progress that they believe that they should. And should is in quotes, right? Because should is almost never really going to be a helpful thing for us to think about. But when we think that way, that we should be further along, it reinforces those fears that we're just not going to be able to heal. So being realistic about what are your circumstances right now? What kind of support do you have? What kind of coping mechanisms are you using? Because if you're using unhealthy coping mechanisms, it's going to reinforce shame and it makes it more difficult to kind of be open to integrating the work that you're doing. Because when we cope in unhealthy ways, it reinforces a lot of the negative beliefs that we hold about who we are. 
So there's a lot that's happening there. But ultimately, you end up believing that the lack of so-called progress, in your eyes anyway, you believe that that means that it's evidence that you can't heal. And in my work with clients, both in group work and individually, so much of what I do is help them see those moments of progress along the way. And while it can feel insignificant at times for people, or maybe even not really real, like, well, that's not really progress. Being able to really sit with that and talk about it, and I, as I can point out the reality of that progress, even if they don't like feel proud of it or see it as real progress, it allows them to begin to accept the truth that it's progress. And when we believe that we are making progress along the way, it adds to that really solid foundation that we're building so we can keep going forward. So whether it is just a lot of regular kind of typical types of stress that you're experiencing in your life, in your personal life, in your work life, or maybe it's much more significant and there's a lot of really unhealthy stuff happening in your life. Maybe you're in an abusive relationship. Maybe the people you surround yourself around or with um, are really not very supportive of you and keep behaving in ways that reinforce that you're not worthy. When those things are going on, it's important to start this process. But so much of that beginning process is going to be about building the foundation so that you can move away from those experiences. The other situation that can make it certainly more challenging um, on this journey is if you have any sort of cognitive struggles. So whether it is something like being on the autism spectrum, the neurodivergent spectrum, um, having any number of other sorts of diagnoses, um, but particularly cognitive delay, so developmental, or maybe you've had a brain injury or something like that. But if you've got some sort of cognitive struggle that you experience, that can make it a little bit more challenging because so much of this process, from my perspective, is not just learning, but being able to really conceptualize things and integrate things in a way that helps them become your reality. And if you struggle with cognitive delays then or developmental disabilities, it can be a little bit more challenging. But if you're watching this video, my guess is that you follow along with what I'm saying, that you are understanding what I'm saying. If you can understand what I'm saying, then I believe that you can certainly heal. Now, some of those pieces can be there, and it can just create a little bit of a challenge, maybe at times, depending on how much stress you're under or how you're feeling physically, how much support you have. Again, all of those things factor in. So you can still heal. Again, it's important to recognize what healing means for you. It just may be a little bit more challenging for you. So 
really important to keep in mind, and it's one of the reasons why comparing yourself and comparing your journey to other people is just really not helpful because there's so much that goes into that. Another reason why people believe that therapy just isn't going to work for them or just doesn't work, period, is that people will begin, they'll try a therapist, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't work with that therapist. And there are a lot of very valid reasons that that therapist is not the right therapist for you, even if that therapist is a good therapist. That therapist may still not be the right therapist for you. And so somebody will sometimes go to a therapist, maybe even go see that person a few times or more, and just not feel like they're gaining anything from it. And again, part of that can be the expectation, but part of it can be that you're trying to make the relationship work when there's a part of you that is feeling like, "Mm, I'm not quite sure about this. And I fully understand, and I've experienced this myself, it's hard to know sometimes. Is it me and my fear about this not working? Is it my fear of attachment and so I'm keeping this person at a distance? Is it my shame and I'm afraid to really share anything significant with this person? So there's a lot that can happen there. But when we feel that, it can inhibit the connection that we're able to make with that person. And then believe that it just isn't going to work. And in all reality, it is not unusual for somebody to have to meet with a therapist a few times before you have a good sense of that. It's also completely normal that you might need to go to a few different therapists before you find the right therapist for you. So how do you really discern that? I wish I had a really kind of checklist type of thing that I could give you to help you really know which one it is. There's a lot that goes into it, and unfortunately, there isn't a way to know for sure. However, it is natural to have unease and even fear and even doubt after a session because there's a lot that can come up. But did you feel like the therapist wanted to be there with you? Now, you might be able to say to yourself, oh, um, what if they don't believe me? Or they don't really care. They're just doing this because I'm paying them. So you might have those thoughts, but those thoughts are often based in fear. But how are you feeling? Like check in with your body. And some unease in your body doesn't mean that it's not necessarily a bad fit there. But is there a part of you that felt that this person is interested, invested with you? And I think intuitively, and trusting our intuition is challenging, Intuitively, there is likely a part of you that senses whether it's not a good fit or you're just afraid. And one thing that I actually suggest to my clients always after our first session or at the end of our first session 
is to take some time to journal right away, to just write down whatever comes to mind, and in particular, checking in with themselves and asking, how are they feeling? What's coming up for them? How are they feeling about the session? How are they feeling about coming back? Like just whatever comes up for them. Notice the things that are happening in their body and in their thoughts. And that can help you get a sense of it. I also encourage that people do that a couple of different times over the next few days to come back to it and check in with with themselves because that can be helpful too because initially you might feel something that's different than a few days later. You might be all excited initially and then feel overwhelmed um, by the process. You might feel numb initially and then end up feeling like you're looking forward to going back. So it can be helpful to think about that. But recognizing that having the right therapist for you is really important. And it may take a little while for you to find the right person. Even the best therapist in the world is not going to be a good therapist for everybody. Truly. And it has nothing to do with that person, either the therapist or the client. It really doesn't have to have anything to do with either one of them. It's just about how you can work together. And there are a lot of factors that can go into how we feel with a therapist that have, again, nothing to do with either one being bad or wrong. But trusting yourself and honoring yourself in that and recognizing that it's okay to try many if that's what it takes. And I know it can feel frustrating. It can feel disheartening to feel like you're not finding the right person. And it is hard for that not to reinforce that maybe it's just really not meant for you. But it's not that. And whatever your circumstances are, I do believe that therapy can be helpful. Having the right therapist for you is important. Being aware and talking about the level of stress, the types of stress that you have in your life is really important. Because if you dive in and start working on healing, so to speak, and I put that in quotes, um, because a lot of people think it means like diving in and you talk about all the trauma and all of that. And generally speaking, especially if you haven't done a lot of therapy before, that's likely not going to be the best course of action. If there's a lot going on in your life, recognizing how that's impacting you, maybe working on ways to implement things that can help you reduce that level of stress or move away from those unhealthy situations is going to be a really important part. So then you have the capacity, the internal capacity and resources, the energy, the emotional capacity to do the deeper work. So whatever you have held on to, to make yourself believe that you're not deserving of healing, that you're not capable of healing, it's not true. And I really can very confidently say that. 
And I can say that in part because I have heard so many people over the years tell me that. Those different things, and sometimes both. (laughs) Well, oftentimes, really, both. And it has not been true for them. And the biggest issue is that they believe that they should be further along or that they shouldn't struggle at all in the way that they do. And that that means that they're not capable or they're too damaged. That's what gets in the way the most to make people hold on to the idea that it won't work for them. And who you choose to walk along beside you matters significantly. And I've done a video on, um, over the years, I think I've done probably more than a few, but I have done a video, um, and I'll try to link it below on kind of what to look for in a therapist. And I think that that can be really important. And I talk about it quite often in little bits and pieces in a lot of videos. But recognizing that that plays a significant role in the relationship that you have with your therapist, generally speaking, is going to be the most important factor above everything else, above how long they've been doing the work. Now, I think some experience is important um, above specifically what type of training they have, though I do think education is important and clinical training is important. Um, But specifically, like all of those types of things, I believe generally are less important than the relationship that you're able to build with that client, or I'm sorry, with that therapist. So try to keep that in mind. And it takes time to really build that relationship. I've worked with people sometimes well over a year before they even share with me that they have a trauma history because it takes time for them to feel that level of safety. So be aware of the kind of pressure that you're putting on yourself, the expectations that you have for yourself in this journey. And remember that practicing patience with both yourself and the process is really, really important. Thank you so much for spending this time and sharing this space with me. Together, we heal. Make sure to subscribe, and if you haven't yet, make sure to leave a review. I'll look forward to connecting with you next time.